Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Well, welcome. Um, this is Pastor Justin from One Church. I'll be speaking today. I had the honor of um, meeting him a few weeks ago before um, Irma happened. He wasn't able to speak, but yeah. we're honored to have him back. Um, yeah. One Church is just half a mile down here. They meet at the Orlando Museum of Art. Um, so it's really cool just to be able to um, kind of acknowledge that we you know, seek the same community. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, so you just honor him with me. Yeah. Awesome. I just realized I said, yeah, after he said, honor him with me. So that was an honor, <laughs> honor me. But um, man, it's so cool to be here with all of you tonight. And uh, I really just feel like I'm kind of with extended family. And um, Daniel and I were just talking about um, the reality of what God's doing in, the, in, in our city and really being bigger than any one church. Um, which is good for me to say because my church is called One Church. And so it's just good to remember uh, that what God's doing in our city is, is so big. And, and I'm so honored to get to be here uh, with you tonight and um, really to, to just kind of begin to build an ongoing relationship uh, across our communities and uh, in, our, in our churches and our congregations. And um, so it's just awesome. It's awesome to be here tonight. And uh, I was, had, had a great time this morning, but the, the, the beauty level has gone up in the room exponentially tonight. And that is because my wife is here in the room tonight over here. And, uh, and, and my three boys sitting uh, miraculously still over here. <laughs> right now, and um, so this is, we believe in miracles as a church, and we're just seeing, <laughs> seeing it already, and uh, it's so, so awesome. So it's great to be, uh, great to be with you tonight, and uh, I just kind of want to jump into the series that you guys have been in now for a number of weeks, and, and uh, as Daniel said, I was going to jump into it a few weeks ago, and then Irma happened, and it was kind of, do we have church, do we not have church, and ended up uh, canceling that Sunday. And so I'm just honored to get to be here. I've been looking forward to this now for, for several weeks. So I'm thrilled to be here with you tonight and uh, just to get to be a part of what God is already saying uh, in this church. And, um, and, and let me just say this, that um, you guys just have an amazing church. You guys have an amazing church. There was one woo back there and there should be like so many woos happening. And um, I, I just want you to know that. I know sometimes when we're inside something, how many of you know sometimes it's easy to lose perspective on what we have? And so I just want to say as an outsider coming in uh, that it is just beautiful what God is doing in this church and just the love that there is, the, the sincerity uh, that there is in this church, um, the presence of God in worship. And I, I hope you don't take that for granted. I'm watching the worship team up here. Thank you. I'm watching the worship team up here and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's two people up here and it's like just amazing, amazing like, you know, worship. So I hope you know how blessed uh, you are and I, I think you do 
because you're already here. And, and also just in your, uh, in your leadership and your elders and in uh, Ryan, the amazing teaching that he brings uh, every single week. And when I came a few weeks ago and just got to sit in on the service, I was like, oh my goodness, that's an awesome church. I could go to that church if I wasn't a pastor at a church up the road. So <laughs> it's kind of the, the downside of being a pastor. But um, Anyway, so I'm so thrilled to be with you tonight, and uh, if you have a Bible, would you grab it with me, or if you have an app, you can open up your app. Who does the app? Apps? Who's doing the paper Bible, old school? Anybody? Come on, old school. Awesome. I've got the paper Bible, genuine leather, which is double anointed, (laughs) bonded leather, no bueno. Um, but I'm, I'm thrilled to get to just plug in with what God's already saying uh, tonight. And I, I, so you're in this series on equipped, uh, and we're talking about the practices that shape us into the purpose that God has for our lives, which ultimately, Ryan has said this, and I believe that it's true that God's ultimate purpose for our lives is that we would be formed into little Christs, little Christs. And um, sometimes people say this when they, when they meet my boys. And in fact, when my last son was born, Linus, where you at, buddy? Can you give, me a, give everybody a wave, Linus? <laughs> He's on the spot. I remember when he, came, when he was born, I remember the first thought that came to my mind is, oh my goodness, he looks just like the last one. <laughs> he looks just like the last one, which is a good thing. And, uh, and that's what God's wanting to do for us. He's wanting us to, to look like his firstborn son, who is Christ, Jesus Christ. And so he's forming us into his image. And uh, there will be a day that will come that, that the Bible says this, that when we see him, we'll be like him. And, and God may just say over us, oh my goodness, you look just like the first one right? And uh, we're being formed into his image. And so we're talking about these practices that are shaping us into the image of God, into little Christ. And uh, how many of you have been encouraged and inspired in this series already? I hope so. Some of you, I'll wait for the slow people to raise your hand. Who had a nap this afternoon? Who, wish you, who wishes you had a nap? Alex had a nap. If you didn't have a nap, just look at Alex right now just with a little bit of like jealousy because she had a nap. And um, okay, now we'll repent of jealousy and move on. Okay, so we're talking tonight as we're talking about equipped and the practices and the things that, that God has given to us to shape us into his image. Tonight, I wanna talk to you about being equipped uh, with a guide, equipped with a Guide, And so I want to read two passages of scripture. I should have told you this before I was yakking so that you could already be there. But um, John chapter 16, and I'm going to read a couple of verses there. So you can flip there, put your finger there, put a, something there to hold your spot, and then go over to Luke chapter 2. And I want to read verses 41 through 50, Luke 41 through 50. And I'm just going to move quickly. I'm not going to wait for you to get there. So I'm just going to jump into it. Luke 2, 41. And uh, this is the story of Jesus's parents losing him in Jerusalem, leaving him behind in Jerusalem after the Passover. Who's read that story before? Some of you are familiar with that story. And um, so I want to just read that to you again tonight. 
Luke 2, 41, it says this, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And then John chapter 16, verse 12, it says this, Jesus, as he's preparing his final moments before his crucifixion, as he's speaking to his disciples, he says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. Father, we thank you, Lord, this evening for your word. Thank you. It's a lamp to our feet, a light to our paths. And we ask tonight that you would give us revelation in your word. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love these uh, two passages of scripture. And in particular, I want to draw your attention to uh, in, in John 16, verse 12, he says, I, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. He's saying, there's, there's a lot that I want to give to you, but you can't take it all now. You can't bear it all now. What was the movie that, was it Jack Nicholson that said, you can't handle the truth? A few good men, anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, a few good men. You can't handle the truth. In essence, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm gonna tell you the truth, but, but you can't handle it all right now. And... Um, Anybody ever wish that God would just kind of tell you like everything that he has for you, that he just kind of like give you a plan, a prospectus, kind of a, you know, step by step, you know, like here's what I want you to do at this moment and, and here's how I want you to do it and like step by step detailed instructions like you just kind of, when you, when you get saved, how many of you would just love to like just get a plan for your life? Wouldn't that just make everything easy if God just gave you a plan? But Jesus says here, I'm not gonna give you everything that you need to know at once. In other words, I'm not just gonna give you a plan. I'm gonna give you a, he says, I'm gonna give you a guide. I'm gonna give you not a plan. I'm gonna give you a person or a presence. I'm gonna give you a presence. And I know that, you know, in today's day and age, I know that uh, we often like to know in the day and age of GPS and all of that, we want to know like the plan and we want to know the detailed instructions that, that, you know, where we go. Anybody, you're like me that like, 
Um, if your GPS is like lagging at all, you feel like you're being like, you know, you're, in, it's, you're facing tribulations, trials, tribulations. Anybody else? Y'all are way too spiritual for me. Uh, but I feel like that. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't uh, handle this. And uh, sometimes I talk to my dad. I say, dad, can you, you know, he's giving me instructions somewhere. And he learned like instruction giving, direction giving pre-GPS days. And so when you talk to somebody who, who uh, learned how to give instructions pre-GPS day, uh, they, they don't just give you the address. Right, like day, today's day and age is just, you just give me the address. I don't need all the details, but they just give you the address. And, and whenever I talk to my dad and he's giving me instructions somewhere, he's like, okay, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go down that street about three miles and you're just gonna turn to the right and then there's gonna be like, you know, this tree on the left and it's gonna have a, like a, a sagging branch and you know you're in, and I'm like, dad, just tell me the destination. Just tell me where I'm going, hurry up already. And oftentimes we are that way when it comes to following God's will for our life. Okay, God, just tell me the plan, hurry it up. I don't have time for all of this um, you know, following. And here Jesus is saying, I'm not gonna give you the plan, I'm gonna give you a presence to pursue. And as we're talking about these practices that shape our lives, informing us into the person of Christ, it's important for us to understand that, that, that it's not just about having the practices that we follow, but the practices we follow lead us towards the presence that we pursue, the presence of God in our lives. And uh, I love this story of Mary and Joseph going to Jerusalem because it really illustrates the importance of following the presence of God. I love the story for a number of reasons. One is it's just a parental encouragement uh, to me because here in the Bible, we have like one of the most epic parental fails ever. And uh, if you're like me, how many of you parents have ever had a parental fail? Anybody ever like lost their kid for a moment or uh, anybody ever left them in the car and then like 20 minutes later, it's like, where is, oh my, he's in the car. We left him in the car. Just confessing my sins, the Bible says to do that. So <laughs> don't look so judgy. Um, but, but we've all done that. And here, um, Mary and Joseph are following the pattern they're engaging in the practice that God has, has given to them, the practice of the Passover. They're engaging in this Passover uh, experience, in this Passover practice, but even as they're in the midst of the Passover practice, they lose the presence of God. They lose the presence of God. They lose Jesus. I mean, if you know, I, how many of you know, like as a parent, if you lose your child and your child is Jesus, it's not his fault. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, that's on you. That's on you, you know? And, uh, and so for, for us, I believe this, that this story is a, an illustration and perhaps a warning to all of us or an encouragement to all of us that as we engage in the practices that God has called us to engage in that we've been talking about throughout this Equip series, that it's not just about the practices, but it's also about pursuing the presence of God. Why do the practices matter? Because they are leading us towards the presence of God. 
And the danger is this, that we can have the practices and lose the presence. That we can go through the motions and we can lose the presence of God in that moment. That doesn't mean that the practices are not good practices. God had commanded Israel to to keep the Passover feast. But why was he wanting them to keep the Passover feast? It wasn't just about the Passover feast. It wasn't just about the ritual. It was about a reminder of what he had done for them, of the Passover lamb that had brought them out of Egypt. And here they are celebrating the Passover and they have the Passover lamb with them, Jesus, and they lose the lamb. They lose the lamb. They're celebrating the Passover, the practice, and they lose the presence. And I believe that for every single one of us today, God is, as we engage in the practices that God is calling us to engage in, he's wanting us to to make sure that we're pursuing the presence of God. I want you to understand that there is nothing more important in the world than the presence of God. There's nothing more valuable. There's nothing that we should long for more. There's nothing that should be of greater priority than the presence of God in our lives. And so here we have a warning about engaging or an encouragement as we engage in the practices, don't lose the presence of God. Don't lose the presence of God. And so I wanna share with you out of this story, I believe three things that that we need to do if we're gonna be people that pursue the presence of God, that as we follow the practices, we are pursuing his presence. Three things that we need to do. Number one is this. We're gonna pursue the presence of God. Number one is this, that we have to be flexible. We have to be flexible. I'm not talking about your yoga, you know, stretches, okay? Uh, Look at what the Bible says here in Luke chapter two, verse 41. In the passage we just read, it says about Mary and Joseph that they went to Jerusalem every year according to the custom. Every year according to the custom. Now, we don't know how many years that they had been going to Jerusalem, but we do know the Bible says that Jesus was 12 years old at this point, so they had likely been taking this journey for at least 12 years, bringing Jesus to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. They were used to the the route, they were used to the, the, the journey to Jerusalem and the journey back. It had become their routine. And and routine is good in terms of creating an atmosphere for relationship to grow, but the danger is that routine can turn into a rut. That routine can become rigid and we can go through the routine and we can lose the, the awareness of the presence in that moment. And so they had gone through the routine They knew the way. I mean, it was kind of like a family road trip, and they knew all of the stops along the way. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe some of you have a family road trip or maybe grew up taking family road trips, and and you kind of like know the spots all along the way. You know, I, I know like all of the coffee shops up Interstate 95. They're few and far between, and so I know when that's coming up. I know the routine. I know like... This is where the cops are gonna hang out. You know what I'm saying? And I just like know what to do. And that was the place that Mary and Joseph were in. They had been doing this for years. This was their routine. It was a pattern. But the pattern without the presence can become just dead religion. 
how long does it take for a, a, a pattern to become dead religion? Well, it can happen in an instant if the Holy Spirit leaves. If the presence of God leaves, oftentimes when we think about religion, we think, oh, it's got to be kind of formal, traditional, you know, something of kind of uh, old, you know, stylistic things. But the reality is that you can have church, you can have all of the, the things that are, you know, modern, progressive sort of culture. But if the Holy Spirit leaves, it becomes just as much dead religion as things that we oftentimes think of as dead religion. What makes it dead religion is the presence of God no longer there. It makes, it's not about the style, it's about the presence of God. And so they, 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 had, uh, they were going through the routine. They knew the way. They knew the stops. They, they, they just knew how to kind of get the Passover thing done. You know, we can become the same way. We can know how to just kind of do church. You know what I'm saying? We can know how to just kind of do our time with the Lord in the morning. It can kind of be, okay, here's my, you know, here's my, uh, my, my reading plan. And it's so good to have a reading plan, but it can just become, okay, do that. Check the box, check the box, move on, done. And we know the routine, but we lose the presence of God. And I believe this, that if we're going to be people that as we follow practices that we are pursuing the presence, I believe that we need to be people that are flexible in our, in our pursuit of God, that we're not just stuck in the routine, stuck in the rut. So number one, we need to be flexible. Number two, if we want to be people that are pursuing the presence of God, who wants more of God's presence in your life? Amen, I think we all do, right? If we want more of the presence of God in our lives, if we want more of a, an awareness of his presence, I believe the second thing that we need to do is that we need to be sensitive. Just pinch your neighbor's arm and say, be sensitive. Just making sure everybody's awake. <laughs> Look at what it says in Luke 2, 44. As Mary and Joseph are going, uh, are going home from Jerusalem, the Bible says this, that they were supposing him to have been in the company. They went a day's journey. It wasn't like a few minutes. They went a day, and they didn't even notice he was gone. It was a day before they went. Anybody seen Jesus? I haven't seen Jesus. You saw, I, thought, I thought he was with you. No, I think he's, he's gone. And they did, it was a day and they didn't even notice that he was gone. Why? They had lost sensitivity to his presence. They had lost sensitivity to his presence. And here's what I want you to, to see here is that the Bible doesn't tell us exactly when Jesus left their company. It doesn't tell us, maybe he went with them for a period of time and then he went, no, I've got to go back to Jerusalem. I've got to be about my father's business. Maybe he was never even with them to begin with. The Bible doesn't tell us when, but, but uh, we do know this, that when he left their company, he didn't make a big announcement. He didn't say, you know, attention, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is leaving the building. Okay, and here's what I want you to know is that when the presence of God leaves from among us, and, and I want you to understand there's a difference between God's omnipresence and his manifest presence. And I'm talking about his manifest presence. And when the presence of God departs from us, there is no grand announcement. He just quietly withdraws his presence from us. A.W. Tozer said this, he waits 
to be sought. He waits to be wanted. What a shame how long he often waits. And so his presence left, and we don't know when he left, but he, he didn't make an announcement. Why? Because it's not, the responsibility is not on him, it's on us. The responsibility is ours to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I mean, the responsibility is on a parent to know where their kids are, right? And, and it even says here that when they, when they went back and when they found him, that Mary, uh, Mary said to him, like, what, are you, what did you do to us? You know, like she kind of like blamed it on him and uh, not, you know, not a good place to be. Um, but she's blaming it on him. But the problem was this, that sh- they had lost their sensitivity to his presence. They lost sensitivity to his presence. And, you know, the, the, the same thing can happen for every single one of us, that we can go through the routine, and the routine can begin to dull our senses. Have you ever driven home after work or maybe home from school or something? You've taken the trip a thousand times, and you get home, and you suddenly go, oh my goodness, I don't even remember driving home. Anybody ever done that? It's like scary thought, right? It's a scary thing to do. Why is that? Because routine has a way of dulling our senses. We, we tune out things that just become familiar and the same can happen in our spiritual life. Oh, church, Sunday night, this is kind of what we do. This is just what we always do. And you fall into the routine and you lose sensitivity to the presence of God. You lose sensitivity to what God is saying. I'm so thankful that that is not the case in this place. Man, what a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in worship tonight. What an amazing sense of, wow, God is among us. God's here. But I believe it's a responsibility on every single one of us to maintain a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. To, as the writer of Hebrews says, that we should train our senses to determine or, or to discern between good and evil that we should train our senses. In other words, you can train your spirit to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We can train our senses in the natural. My my brother is a coffee roaster and uh, a great coffee here in town, shameless plug for lineage roasting. And uh, he, when, when I smell coffee, maybe you're like me, when I smell coffee, it smells like coffee. Smells like coffee. I taste coffee. I'm like, it tastes like coffee. That's amazing. When he tastes coffee, he's like, it's got these notes to it. You know what I'm saying? And some of you do, and maybe some of you are like me, and you just fake it. You're like, oh yes, blueberry. I'm I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Yeah. And um, but he can smell it. He can just like smell and slurp the cup, and he can tell you where the coffee came from. He can tell you when it was harvested, if it was harvested early, if it was harvested late. He can tell you the the process that it's gone through. He can tell you all of these details. Why? Because he's trained his senses. And the same happens for us spiritually, that we can train our senses to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you feel like, well, I, I don't hear the voice of God. Ryan spoke so beautifully about that last week that God's voice is often not in the whirlwind or in the fire, but it's in that still small voice that we train our ears. We discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
When my wife calls me on the phone, I answer the phone, I don't go, who's this? How many of you know I'd be in trouble if my wife called me like, who's this? I know you. I, I just have to, like, I can just hear her say one word. And I, I know exactly who it is. I mean, I have caller ID too, but <laughs> if I didn't, I would know who it is because I know her voice. I've listened to her enough that I know her voice. And we need to do the same thing. We need to, if we wanna follow the presence of God, we've got to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The third thing I want you to see out of this passage, lessons on, on pursuing the presence of God out of this story of Mary and Joseph, is not only do we have to be flexible, not only do we have to be sensitive, but the third thing that I want you to see is that we've got to be diligent in seeking the presence of God. Look at what the Bible says in Luke 2, 45, it says this, so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. When they didn't find him, they didn't just go, eh, he'll show up. I'm sure he's around somewhere, that little kidder, he's gonna show up. No, they went, we've got to find him. We've got to go back to where we last saw him and we've got to seek after him. I told you already, they had already gone a day's journey. So they'd gone a day's journey. They had to go a day's journey back. And the Bible says they looked for him for three days. In other words, they were seeking him for five days out of their routine. It was messing up their plans. Five days to seek after Jesus. Not only that, but they were going against the flow. Everybody else was leaving Jerusalem. Everybody else was heading out of town and they were going against the flow, heading back into Jerusalem. Why? Because they had to seek the presence of God. They had to find Jesus. And I want you to understand this, that if we're gonna pursue the presence of God as we engage in these practices, that we've got to be diligent in seeking after him. We can't have what I sometimes like to call a meh mentality. Have you ever heard the word meh? It is a real word. It's been put in the dictionary now. Meh. Everybody say meh. Meh. It's just kind of whatever. Who cares? It's all right. No big deal. And they, they, when it came to seeking after God, they didn't have a meh mentality. They had a passionate pursuit after his presence. Can you imagine Mary going back into Jerusalem? I don't think she was just kind of casually walking through Jerusalem. I have a feeling she was probably going throughout the streets. Jesus, 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 where are you? Where are you? She was passionate in her pursuit of his presence. Why? Because if we're gonna seek after him, the Bible says that it, we'll seek him if we find, and find him if we seek for him with all of our hearts. And so seeking requires, requires work. I'll just get the worship team to come, to come back up. So what are we doing as we are engaging in these practices, these disciplines that we've been talking about? Why are these things so important? Because it's seeking after the presence of God. It's not just about accomplishing the practices. It's about the practices leading us towards the presence. Leads us towards the presence. And so it takes effort on our part to pursue the presence of God. I remember when my wife and I, a few years ago, were house hunting. Anybody ever had to house hunt before? 
painful experience. Um, I remember, I remember we were looking for a house and we had certain neighborhoods that we wanted to, uh, wanted to find a house in. And so we would, we had two small kids at the time. And so we would load them up in the car at night in their pajamas and, and we would put them to sleep and we would just slowly and very creepily uh, go through the neighborhoods that we wanted to maybe buy a house in. We would kind of like slow down and look in people's windows as we drove by, just being honest. And we, we, we weren't just kind of going, well, if it's God's will, I know he'll just bring us a house. No, we had to seek after it. We were pursuing the house. It took effort. It took us getting out of our comfort zone, out of what is easy. And the same is true when it comes to pursuing the presence of God. We've got to be diligent in our pursuit. What are we talking about when we're talking about these practices of the scripture and engaging in prayer and all of these things, it's all about pursuing the presence of God. It's about creating a space for God to meet with us. I love what the Bible says, the psalmist says, I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and glory because your love is better than life. Because your love's better than life. God, I want you more than anything. You're, you're better than anything. You're better than a little extra sleep. You're better than anything else that I could be doing on a Sunday evening. God, I'm not here to check a box. I'm here because I'm pursuing your presence. I want to meet with you. I need to meet with you. Creating space in our lives for the presence of God to fill. I wanna ask if you would just to stand to your feet tonight you would just to bow your heads for just a moment. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for the wonderful gift of your spirit. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have not left us alone, but God, you've given us a helper. You've given us a guide. You've given us the Holy Spirit. God with us, Father, tonight we want you more than anything. We want your presence, oh God. Father, we don't want to be people that would just learn how to go through the motions, learn the practices, and become dull to your presence. And so God, tonight I pray that you would come and, and, and recalibrate our hearts to your presence, God. I pray, Lord, that if there's areas of our heart that have grown rigid, God, if there's things in our lives that have just become routine and rut and we're just stuck in that place, God, I pray tonight you'd break us out of that. Break us out of it, we pray. God, we want your presence more than we want anything. God, if there's parts of our heart that have grown dead and calloused, oh God, and we've lost sensitivity, God, I pray you cut away the deadness of our heart, oh God. Would you circumcise our hearts again tonight, Father, that we would once again become sensitive to your spirit, oh God. And Father, I pray that, that, that we would be people that would diligently pursue you, oh God, that we would say, as the psalmist says, my soul follows hard after you, oh God. And Father, that as we seek after you, God, we'll find you as we seek for you with all of our hearts, we pray. 
God, right now we ask that you would just fill this place with your presence, God, as we worship you tonight. We long for you. We love you. We worship you. Let's worship the Lord together. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.